0: Okay, welcome back everybody to the casual sports talk podcast and I'm the host Nate Johnson That was my intro music does to me by Luke Combs. It's been my favorite song since the last podcast so a big country music fan as I said in the last one and That's gonna be my intro music So as I open up this app to start recording this second podcast of the year I see the alert on my phone that Kobe Bryant has just died in a helicopter accident. Very tragic accident. Very sad. You hate to see it. And uh, it's a big loss for the sports world. Kobe's one of the greatest basketball players to ever live. And uh, it's a very sad day. On to more positive news. A couple weeks ago, the LSU Tigers, the Bayou Bengals, defeated the uh, Clemson Tigers in the national championship 42-25. to and uh, it was a great game to watch. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And if you remember on the last podcast, I mentioned that uh, Joe Burrow was my obvious choice for Heisman, and he did win. It was a cool night. He made a cool speech about uh, about him, his upbringing and the impoverished area that he grew up in in southeast Ohio and uh, got very emotional. And uh, so, yeah, it's good to see my prediction come true. And it was obviously well deserved. He was the best player in the country this year, and it wasn't even close. Uh, but about the national championship, uh, it's a great game. I think uh, Clemson probably has the best defense in the country. Not like. Uh, yeah, probably probably the best defense in the country, and LSU uh, didn't destroy them, but they they did put a good. They won by seventeen points, and it was it. After the first quarter, LSU kind of dominated. First quarter, Clemson got out to a good start. They kind of, uh, I don't know, they kind of made Joe Burrow misstep a few times. Well, LSU's first play actually was like a, they were on a three-yard line, and they had like a 40-yard pass to open up the game, and there was a penalty, so it got called back. And I was like, wow, if LSU comes out with a 40-yard pass to start the game, I don't know if they're going to be stopped. But then Clemson kept it going. Clemson runs a very pro-style offense, while LSU runs a very pro-style offense. No. Clems- I'm sorry. Clemson runs a very pro-style defense, and Cle- LSU runs a very pro-style offense. It's a very good matchup. And I think, if anything, this shows that Joe Burrow is going to do great in the NFL. I mean, it just took him a quarter to figure out Clemson's covers and and spread defenses. I mean, I mean it seems relatively easy for him. He seems like a really good quarterback. I don't know if he gets drafted first overall by the Bengals, I don't see him doing super successful with a no offensive line, but if you if he if he can steadily build a team around him, I can see him doing very well. Um in general LSU, I mean, stacked team. It, they had three receivers who can probably go first second round. They have a great running back and a gr- phenomenal offensive line, one of the best offensive lines we've seen in the country in the past couple of years. And just a solid defense and a superstar quarterback and a superstar system. So LSU will obviously lose most of their offensive weapons, uh, along with Joe Burrow and their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who's going to the Panthers. Panthers scored with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Great pickups for them. Panthers on the slow rebuild, I hope, and that's the one they return to prominence maybe. Or not return, be prominent with him who knows who their quarterback will be but that's beside the point but I think LSU will be an okay team next year no national championship but they've got some good players John Emery the running back he's a good player he's a just a freshman he'll be playing next year the quarterback probably be Miles Brennan he'll be a senior next year but Peter Parrish with a freshman this year I think he'll get rich he'll I'm pretty sure he didn't play so he'll be redshirted and uh Peter Parrish, I think, could be a good player. And they have Derek Stingley on defense and a ton of other guys who are young, and they'll still be a good team. Maybe another national championship in a couple of years. However, you know who's not going to lose dominance? The Clemson Tigers. The Clemson Tigers will be, I'm, I'm I'm. just thinking, the next Alabama. Like if Alabama, Alabama still be good at football, but I. I don't know. Clemson might dominate for the next five or eight years. And, like, people get tired of Clemson just like they did Alabama. But I don't see Clemson not being good anytime soon. I think Trevor Lawrence is a better prospect than Joe Burrow, not because he's necessarily, you know, he was better this year because he wasn't. I mean, Trevor Lawrence didn't even play most of the second half because he didn't need to. They were up by 50 points. But uh, Joe Trevor Lawrence is just like the poster boy of a – QB prospect. He's six foot six. He runs like a deer. He has a cannon for an arm. And he's smart. He makes good decisions. He never he almost never throws interceptions. I mean, there's nothing not to like about the guy. And I'm a Panthers fan, so I obviously hope the Panthers tank for him next year. Probably grab him first overall. And uh speaking of that, we should talk about the this year NFL draft. Let me pull it up real fast. Twenty twenty mock draft. And, obviously, Joe Burrow is the favorite to go number one. And uh, that will be to the Bengals. I have a friend, actually, who thinks the Bengals will not pick him number one and that he believes that the Bengals will trade picks to get some offensive linemen, maybe set up, you know, a good team, and then next year take Trevor Lawrence. That's number one. So, obviously, Joe Burrow's number one projected pick. Number two, by the Ritzkins, they're saying Chase Young. The defensive end from Ohio State, he's great. He'll be a good – he's amazing. He'll be a good NFL player. They're the Lions. They have them picking – it's not going to show me. Hold on. Okay, it's kind of difficult to see some people's mock drafts now. I didn't know ESPN, like, blocked people from seeing their mock drafts. But this one, at three, it has the Detroit Lions taking Jeff Okuda, the cornerback from Ohio State. I mean, I don't know much about him, but – I said I knew they had a good secondary this year. At fourth they have the Giants taking Andrew Thomas, the tackle from Georgia. Uh I hear I've heard good things about him. I'm pretty sure he's pretty good. I guess that's a good pick for the Giants if you're gonna build around Daniel Jones. Um, and Saquon for that matter. At five they have the Dolphins picking Tua, Tua Toga from Alabama. So I mean good for for them. I was hoping he'd drop to seven to the Panthers, but I don't I don't think he will. And uh, sixth, they have the Chargers taking Justin Herbert, quarterback for Oregon. I think for the spot the Chargers are in, I think it's a great pick for them, honestly, because Phillip Rivers is not washed up yet. So he has another year to, like, kind of mentor Justin Herbert, who I don't think NFL-ready at all. So he's got a whole year or two to uh, mentor him, and I think Herbert could be good in the future. That's a good pick for them. Seventh, they have the Panthers taking Derek Brown from Auburn. Derek Brown's great. He's a great player, but the Panthers is just, I don't know, it's a boring pick for me. Boring picks are good sometimes, but I just they've picked defensive linemen three of the like, past four years in the first round. I really wish they'd go and pick Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson. I think he's a game changer. You just lost Luke Keekley to retirement. Uh, Panthers take Isaiah Simmons. He was a game changer all year long for Clemson, and I think that'd be a better pick, but I'm not a mock draft person. At 8, they have the Cardinals taking Jerry Judy. Great pick. Jerry Judy's amazing. I mean, Fitzgerald is getting older. You have Kyler Murray, Jerry Judy. Good good combo. 9, they have the Jaguars picking Isaiah Simmons, as I just talked about. And uh, 10th, they have the Cleveland Browns taking Austin Jackson. All the tackles from USC. I don't know anything about Austin Jackson. But, uh, yeah, I guess the browns do need a better offensive line. The browns need better everything. Except running back Nick Chubb seems to be pretty good. So uh yeah, that's uh the mock draft news. Uh the next thing I'd like to talk about is Zion Williamson's NBA deb- debut uh was what was that 2 days ago? This was Wednesday. So not to way off from 2 days ago. But uh Wednesday Zion came back from uh the injury and like rehabbing and like basically learning to walk again, I saw but Zion came out, only played 18 minutes, very limited. But uh, he had 22 points, three assists, and seven rebounds and looked absolutely insane on the court. And uh, looked like a freak athlete, which he is. And he knocked down like four threes. And people are saying like, wow, stop hating on Zion. He can shoot. And my one problem with that is just if you look at that replay of Zion shooting the four threes, there's not a hand close to him. Like, there's no defense in the NBA. If you want to pull up, just pull up from anywhere. I mean... That's my one problem with the NBA. It's just there's no, it just looks like there's no effort. And, but when the playoffs come around, playoffs they like go so hardcore. Seven games in a row against the same team, and that's fun to watch. That's real basketball. But you just watch these guys going halfway and just scoring one hundred and fifty points. That's just not fun for me. But anyway, Zion did play well. Then the next night, I saw he had this crazy block where he jumped up to the rim and I swatted this guy into the bleachers. It's insane. Zion's a great player. I mean. There's no arguing there. I'd, we'll just have to see how his NBA career turns out. All right, a week from when I'm recording this is Super Bowl 54. 54, correct? Uh, let me look it up real fast. Chiefs v. 49ers. It's the Kansas City Chiefs versus uh, the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, it's the Chiefs for Super Bowl since what? 1969 or 1970? And I, I was actually surprised by that because the Chiefs have been at uh, his is fifty Super Bowl 54. And uh, the Chiefs were like dominant in the 60s when the NFL started becoming a thing. I just never realized the Chiefs never been back. The 49ers, obviously one of the most successful franchises in the NFL, along with the uh, the Cowboys, the Steelers. And I feel like there's one more. The Patriots, obviously. But, yeah, I think it's 49ers. I think if they're getting to lose. I think they're the better team. They have a a crazy defense in San Francisco. The Bosa guy, uh, or not the Bosa guy, is it Nick Bosa? Nick Bosa plays for the 49ers, right? I think so. And then Richard Sherman, some other guys, uh, I've not kept up with their defense. I just know they're good. And uh, Raheem Mostert, last week against the Packers, just dominated. He had like 250 rushing yards, like four touchdowns. I mean – I'm a Panthers fan. I watched the game against the 49ers this year, and it was just so sad. It to be like 60 points. And, I mean, Tevin Coleman, not, not even their starter. Their backup did that to us. That week we played them too, and it was awful. And, uh, so, yeah, the 49ers, really good team. They have some good receivers too. They don't even throw to. Garoppolo had like 70 yards passing that week, and it really annoyed me because that's just not NFL football I'm used to seeing. It's not such Army-Navy type you know, just run the ball every time. But, I mean, that's the brand of the football they're playing. They're playing it well. I mean, if I was going to predict something, I'd predict they'd win. Uh, I don't know. I like Patrick Mahomes. I think he's pretty good. But Damian Williams in the backfield, I could see 49ers pulling off an upset here, especially if their def- defensive line can hold Mostert and Coleman. I think Coleman might be hurt, though. But their defense is pretty solid as well. Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger. He's been a favorite of mine since he played LSU. So, uh, yeah, it should be a good game. i been playing in Miami. I saw a stat this week said Raheem Mostert and Damian Williams, the two starting running backs in the Super Bowl, were formally cut by Miami, and now they're playing the Super Bowl in Miami, and Miami sucks. So it's just kind of ironic, which I thought that was very interesting. And... Uh, the next thing I'd like to talk about is the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal um, that's been buzzing around the news recently. I'm not sure that's true or not, but I heard it got leaked by a a former player of the Astros doing an interview about the World Series they won and just blurting out, you know we cheated through all that all that throughout all that, right? And I was like, why don't you want to keep that secret? But I don't know if that's true or not. It kind of seems far-fetched a little bit. I also heard, uh, Trevor Bauer, pitcher for the Reds, say that other players kind of like knew this is, was happening and just were, I don't know if they were okay with it or just like let it happen because, uh, they kind of thought the MLB would just like silently take care of it, like most issues in the MLB because they're most, they kind of, they try to keep things underwrapped in the MLB, MLB very private and, uh, they want to prevent scandals like this, but it's was not prevented at all. People are outraged over this. People are really thinking they should take away their uh, Super Bowl victory and, or not Super Bowl, um, World Series, excuse me, victory, and uh, prevent them from going to the playoffs in the future. Which it seems, I don't know, stealing signs is one thing. Everybody, a lot of people do that, but like electronically, that's too far, not cool. And I I was honestly just like, wow, that's kind of crazy, but I wasn't that bothered by it until I heard they had the little buzzers on their chest, or Altuve and Bregman did, where they'd wear the little buzzer. And then uh tell them his, what pitch was coming in. And, I mean, I looked at the stats. It said Altuve batted 430 at home and 130 on the road. And, I mean, that averaged out to be normal, but that's not normal. And that's a big jump with cheating and not cheating. so. I mean, if all is really not that good that's that's a big difference in that team and uh that's that's a game changer that could be definitely considered cheating like so far like so much cheating that you could be banned from baseball like I don't know if that's steroid level, but like I don't know if that's gambling on games level, but that's bad I mean that's kind of the fundamentals of baseball you gotta be talented enough to figure out what's coming or hit whatever they throw at you and uh I don't know what should be take, done. I I mean, if players weren't that concerned about it, I don't think they should take away the World Series. Since players knew about this and didn't really say anything, they should I for sure be punished. I just don't know how extremely. Because Trevor Bauer said, I didn't really think about it. I just went up there and focused, and I was attacking those guys and just throwing at them and see if they could hit it. So... It's just very strange to me. I don't think it's as bad as steroids. I don't think it's as bad as gambling on games. But it's definitely up there. It's not... I don't know. It's just a strange scenario for me. The final thing I'd like to talk about in this podcast is college baseball. Coming up around the corner in a little over a month, we'll be playing some baseball games. I love college baseball. It's awesome. And uh, my favorite teams, LSU and NC State obviously dominant teams. LSU in the preseason ranked number eleven and NC State ranking sixteen. N C State disappointing in almost all sports, including baseball. And they're always ranked in the top twenty five, sometimes top ten. Last year they reached number one for like two weeks. And uh they always disappoint me every time. And uh but yeah, maybe this will be different. I doubt it, but maybe. Uh preseason All Americans for college baseball. You see, first team is littered with Louisville and Vanderbilt prospects. Uh, the number one, probably the player of the year in college baseball will be the pitcher out of Louisville, Reed Detmers. I mean, that guy's insane. I thought, I thought for sure he was going to the MLB last year. I don't think I think he's a junior this year. I don't even think he was eligible. And now a sophomore, the number two guy on the list is the right-handed pitcher Kumar Rocker from Vanderbilt. I mean, he's he's crazy too. He's only a sophomore, I believe. And then I have uh, Ace Lacy, the pitcher from Texas A and M. Texas A and M is great too. And uh, oh, Mason Hickman, another pitcher from Vanderbilt is up there too. I mean, in the position players, you see a lot of more of Louisville and Vanderbilt. I would be the top two teams. Miami, their catcher Adrian Del Castillo, he's a good player. He'll be, he's the first team catcher on this list. But the other catcher that's in the ranking for number two, is a. Uh, Patrick Bailey for NC State. Patrick Bailey, switch any catcher, great player. He's a junior this year. He'll get picked first round in the draft, I believe. And, uh, I mean, I think he could go first team. He's on for some first team All-American list. So, uh, proud to see NC State get some players up here. Uh, one thing great about college baseball is you see a lot of smaller schools successful. Like a uh, first-team All-American, South Alabama outfielder Ethan Wilson's on here. I mean, I've never heard of him, but South Alabama—that's great that you have a first-team All-American. And uh, of course, East Carolina. I wouldn't consider a small school for baseball. They are a baseball giant. They're preseason fourth, I believe. Okay, this—I don't know what this list is. They have them twenty-first, but I've seen them as high as fourth. But Alec Burleson is first team All American. They're outfielder, I believe. Yep. And uh Austin Martin, the shortstop from Vanderbilt, headlines their position players. He's crazy good. Crazy good. New Mexico, Arizona State New Mexico State has two guys on this first team list. Nick Gonzalez, the second baseman, and Tristan Peterson, the first baseman. New Mexico State preseason ranked they're not even on the top twenty-five. It's kind of crazy since they have two first-team All-American guys. Yeah, I don't see them. It's weird. Okay, but preseason baseball favorites to win the whole thing, obviously Louisville and Vanderbilt, the top two. At three, in the rankings is Miami. I'm not. Sure. I mean, Miami historically is the most dominant not college baseball team. I'd love to see, I love mean, I don't know if I'd love to see him get back on track, but most people would love to see him get back on track after two kind of down years. Other teams up there, SEC teams, always Florida, Georgia, Arkansas, Auburn, Mississippi State, LSU. More favorites. And then the NC teams are always representing. Wake Forest, Duke, NC State, uh, ECU, and UNC are all in the top 25. North Carolina is... A dominant baseball state. We know this, along with Texas and Florida. And uh, Georgia's up there, too, because Georgia Tech and Georgia are both at top 25. They're two big schools. Oklahoma State, always dominant. Stanford, I don't know. It's too early to call. But someone that's not everyone's picking besides Louisville and Vanderbilt, I'd pick Mississippi State. Mississippi State's been dominant for the past three or four years. There's no reason why they shouldn't continue to dominate. Yeah, I'd pick Mississippi State just to be up there with them. So, yeah, that'll be all for today's pot. That'll be all the sports talk for the today's uh, podcast. We'll see you after the third quarter. And uh, I'll leave you with this for my country music recommendation for the second quarter. Recently, I've been, of course, listening to all the modern pop country. or not pop because I don't like pop country. But as of recently... I've been really getting into the Johnny Cash, the Merle Haggards, and the old guys. I love that stuff. It's awesome. Johnny Cash is my favorite. And uh, if you're actually listening to this, go listen to some Johnny Cash. It's great to listen to old stuff. But yeah, I'll see you guys a a few weeks into the third quarter.